Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 187, and today we'll be talking about your mother and mine. I'm GC13. And I'm Isabel. So, I, I guess this is the episode that they meant would answer our questions uh, when they were doing that little promo of theirs. Do you think that's fair to say? Oh yeah, uh, I would say out of all these episodes in this, you know, these recent few episodes, I would say this, yeah, this has like the most lore. Or plot, whatever. Oh, I don't know. I liked I liked Jungle Moon's uh, lore a lot better. I love seeing that. Yeah. Colony world. Yeah, I just meant out of these these recent episodes. These four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other three were were nice nice Beach City episodes, but this is the one that tried to talk backstory with us. But it was uh, as I said before, I suspect that it was being sneaky and not entirely truthful with us. Oh. Okay. Oh, what, you think everything Garnet said was accurate? Um, well, about the pink diamond being shattered part, still, you know, skeptical. You're kind, kind of iffy on whether Rose actually did it? Yeah. I mean, if if Rose really was pink diamond, like, there's there's a good reason to believe that, even if you're not sold on it. Uh, it would be kind of hard for for her to have actually committed suicide with, you know, the fact that she kept living for thousands of years after her supposed death. Yeah, or it could have been staged and maybe her gem is in the chest in Lion's Tree. Yes, that uh, that is another possibility. Because uh, they teased us with that chest for so long <laughs> now. Yep. We just gotta find that key. Yep, I mean, uh, the last key Stephen had was enormous. <laughs> yeah. Bonus points if the key ends up being the one that Paradox just held up at random <laughs> in It Could Have Been Great. Wow, that would be something. I mean, I, I would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, the, the first, actually few times I watched this episode, I thought that they had Lars cut fluoride off and order Rodenite to start the engines, or the twins to start the engines, uh, because... You know, Florite was about to say, I'm partway done, but don't do anything yet. But as I watch it later, it's like, no, no, she just didn't correctly do what she needed. That That is my new estimation of that scene. Oh, okay. Some things fly over my head sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. So, how about that flashback? Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching... The episode yet again, uh, in advance of recording this, that flashback made me notice. Yeah. The Quartzes weren't doing anything that we would nowadays consider to be particularly Quartzy. They were just lugging material around, like maybe taking extra mm-hmm. rocks away from the kindergarten or something, or maybe hauling construction material to building sites. They weren't fighting anything. Well, I mean, this is before the war, so... They're acting like this is the first war homeworld has ever fought, but, you know, they're they're not... I mean, because we know from Jungle Moon that they've invaded planets before. Yeah. And you would assume that Quartzes, that the guys who they use as soldiers now, would have been the soldiers then, too. But here they are, we have Quartzes that we're making, and they are serving as general-purpose laborers. It's befuddling to me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, especially from how they were recruiting everybody... I mean, maybe Nephrites are also soldiers, but, you know, Centipedal and her crew were shanghaied into fighting as well. 
even though they were originally there to build. Mm. Yeah, true. I'm just wondering if maybe Homeworld's not as efficient as they let on. Like efficient, like... Like efficient with a gem for everything and everything with its gem that doesn't. Uh, maybe. Like, I mean, you see the pearls where they're just the servants, but what happens if you let the pearl do whatever she wants? She's quite good at all sorts of things, actually. Hmm. Pearl taught herself to fight. She taught herself how to handle technology. She's an awesome mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder just what's what's the history of the gems? That's what I've been wanting to know this whole time. Like, what was it like? I'm, I'm not sure if we'll ever find out. I mean, <sighs> I hope they drop hints, but I just it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that the show could organically explore. I mean, they, they could force an episode in where somebody explains or lets it slip to Steven, but that's not going to come up naturally, I don't think. Mm-mm. Considering how there's probably one two or three gems alive who actually know the origin of gems. It's either just White Diamond or her yellow and blue. Yeah, that's a possibility. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or maybe the crew universe tells us about it after the show's done? That would be nice of them, because then we could get a nice detailed history of gem kind without having to work it into an episode that it really doesn't belong in. Yeah. That'd be fair. Yeah. Hmm. So in the in the flashback, you know, she we we see her, you know, smooching with another human, calling back to have you ever loved other humans before? And just like Greg, yes, she has as well. I mean, Pearl also mentioned it in that musical episode, you know, she was with other guys, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, she was very upfront with him that like you are not the first guy she's ever hung around with, and she's gonna eventually get bored of you. Yeah. I mean, he might be old and gray by the time that happens. We have no idea how long Rose's attachment to a human lasts, but with Greg, it lasted long enough. Mm-hmm. What else about this episode? I, I know that there are still discussions over this episode where they needed to go raid that asteroid mining base and the beginning of Letters to Lars where they're looking for some deposits of, I think it's flotanium on asteroids, and people are wondering, are these the same things? I don't think they are, but I mean, it doesn't make it easy for us when they're on asteroids both times. Well, I mean, what else did you have to say? Oh, I guess maybe about the flashback itself, you do realize what it's um, referencing, right? Um, probably not. Oh, are you talking about the, the wicked empty laugh? Because a um... lot of people were pointing out that's from a particular anime. <sighs> Yeah, also, also just the flashback in general, like the style with the the silhouettes. I mean, other than hearkening back to the answer, I got nothing. Really? Oh, it's from the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena. I've never actually seen Utena, even though thanks to the, you know, that bit that they did in Steven the Swordfighter, uh, it's kind of on my watch eventually list, mm-hmm. you know, just like Initial D, thanks to the homage of it mm. they did in Beach City Drift. Right. But I, I haven't actually seen either of those animes. Yeah, I've, I've seen Nutsuna. It's pretty good. I mean, it was good enough to inspire the Dance of Swords. Mm-hmm. Or at least the, the video portion of the Dance of Swords. So, I mean, inspired. They basically took it shot for shot. But mm-hmm. So it's like the Fistful of Dollars 
of the Steven Universe world. Okay. Uh, that that was basically an unauthorized remake of Yojimbo. Japanese film. Very, very, very famous. I mean, as far as films go. Okay. Think like The Godfather. Mm. Except more obscure because it's not from this country. True. One thing I'm really glad did not turn out to be anything to worry about was the You've Got It All Wrong from Garnet. She was pretty urgent in the promo, and then watching it in context of the episode, it's like, I guess I could see why she would be so urgent, but I don't know. I don't think it quite matches, but thankfully she was just trying to set the record straight on, because let's face it, she really looks up to Rose. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Rose, maybe, maybe not everything people think she is. I mean, that. I'm going to say that she's the one singing Love Like You at this point. You know, if I could begin to be uh, half of what you think of me. Yeah. It it was actually very saddening how they're like, oh, this outsider person is saying nice things about us. She must be making fun of us. Oh, yeah. It was a... It's like, no, especially little Pat Parasha. No, everybody has to be nice to her. <laughs> That's like her one defining trait is that she's adorable and everyone loves her. I mean, well, she did uh she did tell Lars that she he was pressing the wrong button, so Oh yes, every so often she's uh, great for determining the meaning of things that just happened. It's so, like Emerald is going to miss some purpose. You know, Lars is pressing the wrong button, stuff like that. She's great for giving that kind of insight. Um, all she has to do is realize that she's living in the past, and, I mean, I guess it works out fine for her. Yeah, that might be an important plot point later. Maybe. Mayhaps, mayhaps. Eh, but other than that, I mean, I, again, I just don't know how much of this episode is actually accurate, because this is all set up in the form of, oh no, you all heard incorrect stories about Rose Quartz. Let me tell you the true story of Rose Quartz. And then you have Garnet saying some stuff that eh, I'm not I'm not so sure about all of that, and Garnet wasn't there for a lot of it. Hmm. So I'm I'm kinda although uh, she does heavily imply in this story that the corrupting attack by the diamonds happened basically immediately after Pink was shattered. I thought that it had been a few hundred years. You know, I, I thought that mm -hmm. they conceived of the cluster after Pink was shattered. But I still think it would make sense for that. But, you know, on the other hand, Yellow working behind Pink's back to destroy or to implant the cluster. Maybe. Yeah, and speaking of the diamonds, White Diamond, when? She's a lot smaller than I thought she'd be, though. Oh, yeah, like in the silhouettes, yeah. I mean, we always knew, at least since Same Old World, that she had participated in the attack that you know, caused the corruption. But I had still been hoping for someone a little bit bigger. Eh, we shall see. We shall see. I mean, there's not a lot to say unless we're going di to really dissect the flashback. Stephen had his little heart-to-heart -heart with Garnet, though, again, with the whole, oh, don't mm. worry, Pink Diamond is definitely gone, Stephen. Don't have to worry about her. You know what that's code for? Worry about Pink Diamond, because she ain't gone. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that that is Rebecca Sugar sitting there saying, "Boy, I sure hope no revelations about Pink Diamond come up. That would change everything." I don't know. It's not something I dread, though. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yes. was that was that like a Rose Quartz? Oh yes, from uh, We Need to Talk. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's standing up on the music boxes so that he can dance with her. <laughs> He's so itty bitty. <laughs> so all in all, I mean, this this episode started out the, I guess we can call it an event, the torpedo, as I have taken to calling <laughs> their things where they release a bunch of episodes on the app first. It was simultaneously uh, our lore drop of the batch, but also... Um, the more relaxed, gentle episode of the bunch. Usually, usually the lore drops are much, much heavier hitting. Yes. Uh, I, I guess my, my last bit, my last piece about this one is, thank goodness Emerald is off licking her wounds because they are dead in the water right now if she finds them. I mean, Lars would outsmart her again, but ooh, it'd be tough. Mm, yeah. I'm just waiting for them to crash land on Beach City during... CD Killer and the Suspect's final song of the concert, and oh, that'd be wild if that happened. Anyway, did you have anything else to say about your mother and mine? Eh, that's really it. Everything I said is what I wanted to say. It started us off. That's what it did. Oh, yes. Anyway, join us next week when we will be talking about, speaking of CD Killer and the Suspect's, The Big Show. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Isabel. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.